Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified uh, financial planner. I'm with uh, Alan Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in right here on EM760 KFMB here for another hour. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. want to start out with, um, we're talking taxes today since it is uh, tax time of year. Yes. And um, some confusion on Social Security taxation. Um, because we've talked to Social Security quite a bit because of the new tax or the new law changes, the bipartisan act that was signed back in November, that changed a um, few things in regards to your claiming uh, restricted benefit or restricted application and file and suspend. So um, now that you have your claiming strategy dialed in. Have you thought about what is the taxation going to be on your Social Security? Well, it's going to depend upon a few things here. It is called um, your provisional income, all right? So you're thinking, what the heck is your um, provisional income? Well, it's your adjusted gross income, but then there's add-backs. Add-back, if you have municipal interest from bonds, um, municipal bonds, and then you also have... um, Half of your Social Security benefit is added back. Right. So we should say your adjusted gross income before Social Security, right? Correct. Yes. And Well, I mean, on your AGI, your municipal bond interest doesn't show up either. Well, that's what I'm saying. you got to start with your AGI before Social Security. Then you add back your tax-free municipal bond interest and then half of Social Security. Correct. And then you take a look at that. So individual filers with a combined income between $25,000 and $34,000 pay income tax on up to 50% of their Social Security benefits. Individuals with a combined income of more than $34,000 will owe income tax up to 85% of their Social Security benefits. So if you're single, so you look at your provisional income, if it's 25 to 34 on that dollar amount, right? Income tax to 50% of that amount. And then if you're over 34, then anything over 34 is 85%. So then you look at, all right, well, how can I reduce that amount? So everything is just about in that calculation besides Roth IRA distributions. Correct. And then also if you do tax loss harvesting, uh, that will help you as well. Or if you um, sell some assets, capital gain assets, that potentially could be tax-free to you too because you're in the 15% tax bracket. Right. So, but, but those will be provisional income. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah, that will be added to your provisional yes. income. So you got to be careful of how much that you sell because if you sell too much, all of a sudden now your provisional income hits that, let's say, 24000 Right. Right. And then now 50% of that Social Security benefit is subject to income tax. Right. And and here's what's really strange, Joe, is, is depending upon how much income you have, when you start adding more income, like let's say you pull some money out of your 401k or your IRA and you're thinking, well, this won't be taxed very much because I'm in a 15% bracket. 
And then, but when by doing that, let's say you pull ten thousand dollars out of your four hundred one k, now all of a sudden a bunch of your social security income is taxed that didn't wasn't before, and so it's not just a fifteen percent tax; it's higher because up to up to eighty five percent of that social security is taxed. So let me give you an example. Let's say you're right at the top of that threshold. And so none of your Social Security, or I should say uh, the 85% threshold. So about 10000 bucks is taxed at 50%. But you add another five ten thousand $10,000 out of your 401k, you got to pay 15% tax on that. But all of a sudden now you've, you have more Social Security that you got to pay 85% right. on. And we find that people that are in this odd bracket, they end up paying 27% tax, even though they thought they were in the lowest bracket. Right, because it's the more income that is added, it's like double tax in a it's sense. It's double tax, yeah, because I add $1 of income from my uh, my IRA or my 401k. Yeah, I pay 15% tax on that. But that causes a dollar of Social Security to be taxed at 85% of that's taxable. So now I'm paying 15, 15% on 85 cents, and you add that up together, it works out at least for those marginal dollars, a tax of 27.5%. And this is where... Uh, it's it's one of many, many, many reasons why you want to be looking at Roth conversions because if you can sort of prepay some taxes while you're in lower or even similar brackets, you can stay out of higher taxation later. And Joe, when we talked about, I think it was the first hour, we talked about an example, I think um, of a, I think you brought it up, of a couple that uh, they were trying to, to help their son uh, with, purchase a home. Yeah, purchase home, down payment. and But all the money they had was in their, their 401k or their IRA. And when you pull a couple hundred thousand dollars out, you probably have close to 100,000 tax between federal and state, uh, depending upon what bracket you're in. So you got to pull out 300,000 to do that. and then But now you pulled out 300,000, so now your tax is 150, so you got to pull out 350. It just keeps going and going right, and going. Right, right. It, it, yeah, it, it can accelerate fairly quickly on you. It, 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 it really can. And now, if you were diligently getting some money to Roth IRA by contributions or conversions or both, then when you have these kinds of opportunities or decisions or things that you want to do later in life, you can take some money out of the Roth IRA and not blow yourself up in a much higher tax bracket. So if you're married, filing jointly, um, your provisional income is now between 32 and 44. Um, then over 44, or um, in that uh, range, 50% of the benefit is subject to tax. I'm talking Social Security here. Um, and then anything over $44,000, then that's when you get that 85% threshold. So these numbers are extremely important when you take a look at long-term planning. Is that, all right, well, where's the money? How am I going to receive the income that I need to maintain my lifestyle? But more importantly, how can I reduce the amount of taxes that I'm going to pay on the income that I receive? Because if you fall into this crazy range, as Al was just alluding to, is that now you're adding a dollar out of the 401k plan, now that's creating additional dollar to get taxed at 85% per se. And then next thing you know, you're paying 25% on that dollar, 27%. 27%. You thought you were in a 15% bracket. Right. It's a double. Yeah. Because it's you're, you're, it's double taxed. Another dollar get, got taxed. That was tax-free. And I know some people may, some engineers out there will say, nah, that can't be. Well, try it yourself. Yeah, go, do your, yeah, go, you? go, on, go on TurboTax and find out what happens if you're in that range. Add a few dollars of, of uh, like, just add like 10,000 bucks of income. Or a thousand. Add a thousand dollars of income and see, did you, was your tax 150 bucks or was it $270? And that's what you're going to find. Exactly. And so then that's why I think we stress looking forward when you do your planning is that, all right, the first thing, the first roadblock or hurdle is that you got to save money. 
right? And a lot of you that listen to the podcast, listen to the show, um, of course you're savers, right? Or else you probably wouldn't be listening to a financial talk show. Um, so, all right, you've, you've conquered rule number one, save money. But then number two is like, where did you save the money? Is it all in your 401k plan, IRAs, 403Bs, TSPs, and things like that? Is it in a defined contribution plan? Maybe you have a defined benefit plan on top of that. Then you have your Social Security benefit. You have to look at how all of this is taxed. Because if you can then maneuver your assets around in a certain way to reduce the taxes on the distribution, and if you can reduce the amount of your provisional income that what Social Security or what the IRS looks at to include or not to include your Social Security in regards to your taxable income, now you have something here. Because you look at you know these rules of thumb. Oh, you need 4% rule, right? So you take the amount of distribution that you need, $50,000 divided by 4%. That's how much money you need, $1.2 1.25. Well, if, if I've done tax planning here, I need less than that because I'm not going to give that much more to Uncle Sam. It's, it's more for me, right? So I don't necessarily need to accumulate that much more. Or even if I did accumulate that, I could spend more or more goes to the kids because less is going to the IRS. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's all about putting yourself in the driver's seat on, on taxes. And, and I would say the majority of folks don't give it much thought. They just this time of year, they just pay their taxes, and then they think, well, I guess that's the best I can do. And they, they go to their accountant, and their accountant says, well, you know what? It's a good problem to have. You made some income, so you pay the tax. And you're thinking, well, I, I guess I guess that's it. But the truth is, <laughs> you, thanks, man. You, I know, right? But you, you can uh, gain some control over your taxes, uh, particularly in retirement, because in retirement, you've got the ability to create your own income stream from your own assets. And if they're all coming out of the 401k, guess what? It's all taxed at the highest ordinary income rate. Maybe you've got, if you get some money in a Roth IRA or outside of retirement accounts, you can be tax-free. Uh, even your non-retirement accounts could be tax-free by doing what's called tax-loss harvesting. But you're not probably getting this advice from too many people, and that's that's a shame because there is a way to lower your taxes, uh, and it's by having a forward-looking tax-efficient strategy. But, All right, we got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth, right here on AM760 KFMB. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al. I'm a certified financial planner. Big Al's a CPA. Thank you for listening to the program. Uh, go to our website, purefinancial.com. Great information there. Uh, did a market uh, end of quarter market recap just to let you know um, what asset classes did what, what performed, what didn't perform. You know what the highest performing asset class was for Q1 of 2016? Q1. Um, was it a bond? It was not a bond. Okay. It was international uh, real estate. Really? Okay. Yep. And the second highest performing asset class was emerging markets. There you go. And emerging markets, markets has been terrible the yeah. last year. Yeah. So 7% just about for emerging markets. Um, the highest country. How about this? Okay. Um, so you, they, we, we we broke it down to countries, Al. Wow, you really went deep. Oh, in, deep. All in 10 minutes? Oh, we got it done in about 12. <laughs> okay. Deep. We're like, all right, well, let's see where where the returns were and where they were not. Okay. And so well, this is where it gets challenging. If you look at um, timing markets or, or, or picking particular areas of the market, you know, hey, I really like Apple versus Verizon or I like Home Depot versus Lowe's, you know, okay. Well, it, 
I think Lowe's is going to do better than Home Depot, so I'm going to buy Lowe's or vice versa. Or then if you get more into, let's say, countries, well, I think this country is going to perform better than another country. What do you think the highest performing country was? So stocks in that particular mm-hmm, region. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, let's. Uh, I'll just throw out... Um... Denmark. Brazil. Brazil. Okay. And Peru was right next to them. 27% rate of return for the quarter. Wow. Okay. Interesting. A little merging markets there. There you go. Yeah. uh, Brazil, you know, they're having uh, uh, the Olympics. Yes. So maybe that had something. Maybe so, because they're doing a lot of construction, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah, if you want to learn more. About countries, <laughs> I should check into this. You yeah. know what, what? What I did notice in the first quarter, uh, I looked at some kind of overall uh, stock uh, performance versus overall bond performance, sort of like mixed together globally, like globally diversified mm-hmm. um, stock. And the bonds portfolio. beat the the bonds beat the stocks. In fact, the the bonds in the in the report I looked at went up about two and a half percent. Yeah, three percent. And the stocks went up a, a percent well, to nine, percent ninety five bits. Yeah, whatever. What, depending upon the mix, sure. right? And so it's like. Gosh, a bond, a bond fund, and and these are, these are kind of short to midterm bonds. Three months, Alan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, who yeah. cares? But but <laughs> but just for fun, take that two and a half or three, annualize it. That's twelve percent on your short term bond fund. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> now you now you got people gonna go buy short term bonds thinking they're gonna get a twelve percent well, rate of return. Let me let me be clear. It's not sustainable, <laughs> but it is interesting. <laughs> Because I mean, those underlying bonds are paying two percent, right, or or so. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the underlying bond within the fund. Within the funds. Not per quarter. Not per quarter. Annual. Per year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why I find it interesting. Well, because there was, um, well, there's more to it than just I, I'm the aware interest. I wear that. Right. Yeah. It's the, yeah. the bond pricing. Yeah, as because well. the uh, there was the market was so volatile in the first six weeks, and people got out of the market and they went to bonds, and so there's the flight to quality, right. and then there's there's an uptick in 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 price because it's supply and demand. Yeah, that's what happens. It's I just find it interesting. Yeah. Um, it's economics. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Last, <laughs> our last remaining listener. It's just you and I talking now. Um, hey, let's do this. I know that you're kind of um, have ADD about this. You had your list of six. And I think we only oh, you got want... through two. So <laughs> you... I, I, I know you're probably very discouraged I, right now that we want I to get through I could care less. Four. You're the one that always moves on. <laughs> I was going to move on. Well, yeah, last hour, I did, I did promise I had six more things. <laughs> so what, we, we went through free. two of them. We went through yeah. uh, municipal interest, and we went through the 121 exclusion. Yeah, uh, the selling home your exclusion. home. And yeah. prior to that, we talked about Roth conversions, uh, you know, getting into a Roth IRA, IRA yeah. Yeah, and, and also tax loss harvesting to, to net against capital gains. So anyway, there's four ways to create tax-free income. Here's a fifth one, uh, which is renting your home for less than 14 days. Oh. Did you know you can go on vacation, Airbnb, you have someone coming to your home, as long as they stay less than 14 days, it's tax-free? 14 days out of the entire 365 days. Correct. So I can't go 14 days living it for a day and then go 14 days after that. It's going to be 14 days in a calendar year. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, how about this? You can move to a tax-free state and eliminate state taxes. And here's your choices. Nevada, Washington, Texas, Florida, Wyoming, South Dakota, Tennessee, uh, New Hampshire and uh, Alaska. So what do, what do you pick? South Dakota? No, been there, done that. No, no. I don't know. Where would you, what would you pick from that Maybe list? Maybe Nashville, Tennessee. Nas- okay, yeah, you kind of like country music. Yeah, right? I like country I, music. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So yeah. 
you, you live find my future wife there. Yeah, right. You gotta you gotta have work on your accent. Can you do a southern sure. accent? Well, I went to school at University of Florida. I know, but that's hardly counts. What are you talking? That, that's South. I know, but they don't. It's not like the deep South of the. Well, I suppose you don't have that Southern drawl. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I know it's South. No, I, I mean, I, it, it took me forever to get rid of my Minnesota accent, and yeah, I still have it. Still, work, you got a little bit of it. Yeah, because I you're still make up words. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's, that has nothing to do with Minnesota. That's yeah, Joe that's Anderson. Just, you know, that's just my but, intelligent level. Yeah, so. Yeah, you lived in Florida, so you d- you done I that. I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, as well. Yeah, that's the South. Yeah, I, I'll buy that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, the, I'm just talking about accents. Like Florida, I don't don't think of as as big of accents as Georgia, for example, or Louisiana. Or, yeah, Louisiana got that's got to be top of the list, right? <laughs> yeah, I could never <laughs> live there. I, could, I I watched I watched that show like CSI Louisiana. Oh, you did New Orleans or whatever that is. Yeah, you ever been to Mardi Gras? No. Me oh, neither. Oh, I don't think I want to. Yeah, it's supposed to be just a just a mass of humanity, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's a show of some sort. <laughs> some sort. Some about beads, I think. Yeah, I don't. No, that's just way too much for me. I don't yeah. like crowds like that. Yeah, just yeah. Drunken debauchery. Yeah. No, maybe. Yeah, no. Maybe <laughs> last year, but I'm I'm older and mature now. How about Nevada? You want to live in Nevada? No, not a chance. Yeah. No. Like, but but people think they live in Nevada, even though they're living in California. Oh, I I get asked this probably at least once a quarter, which is, hey Al, I think um, I'm gonna just get a PO box in Las Vegas, and I can claim Nevada residency, right? The answer is no, you can't. If you want to claim Nevada residency, then you need to put your moving belongings into a moving truck. You need to move. You need to get rid of your home here. You need to change your driver's license. You need to show. Like a full years of of utility and grocery receipts and the whole ball of wax. You got to vote there. You got to have new doctors over there. So if you do that, yeah, I'll buy it. But they can still have their home here, right? As long as they live in Nevada at half the year. Yeah, but it's it, that can be tricky. I suppose the franchise tax board they don't mess around. Because here, here's what happens, Joe. So you, you're living in. Um, I don't know. You're living in Palos Verdes or or, or, or Del Mar or La Jolla or whatever, and and so you got a Bay Park three million. Yeah, <laughs> right next to Joe Anderson. So you got a uh, three million dollar home here, okay? Then you you buy a hundred forty thousand dollar condo in in Vegas, and you say, yeah, this is my main home. Right. Yeah. It's like mm, it doesn't doesn't pass the smell test. It doesn't, huh? No. <laughs> Your kids are still in school here. Yeah, right. No, we yeah. commute. Yeah, daily. <laughs> yeah. That drive through Hammett is tough in the mornings. <laughs> yeah, you get you're saying, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I work out of my home, so I'm in Nevada, you know. And then, well, let's show, show me your grocery receipts. Well, I don't, I don't eat very much. <laughs> I'm, on a, I'm on this new diet. <laughs> oh man. Oh, all right, hey, we got to take a break. Um, if you want to come in and see Big Al for a tax reduction analysis, here's the number, 888-994-6257. I'm telling you, there's a lot of cool things that you can do if you understand the tax law. We're here to help you. Uh, go to purefinancial.com. One thing is um, the podcast. Podcasts are getting big. Yeah, they are. And a lot of you are probably listening to the podcast right now. We would appreciate if you would um, subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast and uh, maybe enjoy the show. Yeah, right? write us an email, info at purefinancial.com. Tell us whether you love it or maybe you don't, maybe you hate it, yeah. but you keep listening. Yeah. Now, we got one guy who hates the show. 
<laughs> yeah, Joe and Al sold out. These yeah, guys we, used to be great. They yeah, suck. Yeah, that was last fall, right? Oh, we got that just one. Just broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> depressed for months. <laughs> I was. I couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> All right, I got to take a break. Chill's got your money or wealth. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joey Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Big Al Colpine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful weekend. I Hopefully you are. Um, let's see here. What do we got? I got, I, got so, I got something here, Joe. The, um, this is a survey. Uh, that done by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants. Okay. So you know it's got to be accurate because they know numbers. So they uh, they asked folks um, about their the next president. What should be the priority, at least from an economic standpoint? And there's all kinds of different choices. Any any guesstimate what the number one thing that the the people came up with and said, you know what, the president, this is the most important economic priority of our country. Jobs. Jobs. That's that's a good guess. And jobs was uh, in there. It was decreasing unemployment was 38%. But there was something that uh, 67% of Americans said was the top priority. Lower taxes. Uh, that was 36%. Uh-huh. And I guess you got to pick more than one because these are not adding up to 100 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, <laughs> so like, okay. uh, these are accountants, right? <laughs> well, maybe I spoke too soon about the accuracy of the numbers. <laughs> that way, okay, we got uh, federal deficit at 44%, but there's something that is 67%. <laughs> the two things that are 38%. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, it, you'll never guess it. Why'd you ask me? I don't know. Just, <laughs> see, just in case. Just got? throw it out there. Uh, nearly two thirds, actually sixty-four percent of respondents said ensuring that Social Security will not run out of money should be among the next president's priorities. Huh? Yeah, Social Security. Really? Sixty-four percent. That's um, the survey was for two CPAs. No, no, it's for oh the the public. Public. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was conducted by Harris Poll on behalf of AICPA. And then the average age of the people that were polled? Well, it doesn't say. It, they did a cross-section, but it did say that the older you were, the more likely you picked Social Security. Yeah. So if you were over 65, 74% of the, uh, the respondents uh, had that as the top priority. Yeah, 2033 is the date is when um, Social Security Trust Fund um, goes to zero. Right, and that's and they actually sent out the statements. That, I think now they, they went back to sending out statements if you're over 50, because I, I got them again. For a few years, I didn't get one. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you can go online and get your statement just yeah. by signing up and logging in. You can see it anytime yeah, you want. Yeah, go to ssa.gov. Yeah. SSA. It takes, I don't know, a couple minutes, depending on the site, yeah. I suppose. But this, this is one of those things that's been talked about a lot, and there's actually a lot of real simple ways to fix it. I mean, you can... Increase the age uh, with which your full retirement age is. You know, you could increase the age of your first, you know, right now it's 62. That could be 63, 64 at some point. So that you can increase the amount you're taking from paychecks, or you can just increase the, the cap. Right now the cap is, what, 118500 give or take, something like that. Right. In other words, if you make more than that, you don't have to pay any more Social Security. So they could increase that, just like they did with Medicare. Medicare, they took the cap away. So now anyone that has earned income has to pay that Medicare tax. It's it's 0.9%, by the way. Unless you're over a couple hundred thousand in salary, then it, you add another 
uh, actually, I'm sorry, it's 1.45%. Yeah, 1.45, and then the employer matches that. But then the uh, but the extra Medicare tax is an extra 0.9, and I've totally confused you, so don't worry about the numbers. But the, <laughs> <laughs> the point is, Social Security is... <laughs> I, oh, I my have gosh. A, I, have a, I have a point here, I think. The, the, the point is, Social Security is a fixable thing. It really is. Yeah, put Klopa in charge of it because he's still, Well, no, you're paying only 0.9%. Oh, what, no. what paycheck are you looking no, at? You look, well, pay, no, wait a minute. It's 1.25. What is it, 1.45? What, what the hell are we paying? Who cares about the numbers? You can make it higher. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but here is a concern, though. People have uh, Mr. Joseph Patterson. <laughs> Is uh, a lot of people are concerned that we may go to a means testing. Yes, on Social Security, mm-hmm. yeah. meaning that we if have a means testing on Medicare yeah, premiums. Right on premiums, meaning that the more income you make, the higher your premiums are. So could they do something like that with Social Security? Yes, they could. So anyway, stay tuned for that. Yeah, um, I don't think we'll see any drastic changes though. Probably, for... probably not for a while, and you know why? Because it's it's not very popular politically. Right. Right, and so typically things don't change until we're right up against the eleventh yeah. hour. Right? Yeah, twenty thirty two. Yeah, that'll be when all over. Like it. Fifty bucks left in the thing. <laughs> okay, we got to do some. You know, I, I will say something else that a lot of people don't know. And let's say they do nothing. Okay, they they do absolutely nothing to fix Social Security. Does that mean we don't get any benefits? Well, no, because people are still working, so there's still money going into the system. And their best calculations is we'll get about 77% of our promised benefits, which, yeah, it's not 100%, but it's it's pretty good. That's if they don't fix it. And as I just said, there's lots of ways they can fix it. I truly believe they will. This isn't The, the Social Security Administration has had issues, and they have fixed it. I mean, we like right now, for example, the re- full retirement age is 66, and in a few years, 67. it'll be 67. So there you go. There's one easy way to do it, and, and more of that will, will likely happen. Right. They could change the cost of living adjustments. Sure. They could change um, all sorts of different yeah, things. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a fixable thing. Not to worry. Well, thanks, Al. I feel so much more relieved. <laughs> so... Um, <clears throat> Do you got any uh, little quizzes there? No. You usually have like a quiz for me or something. I do. I don't have a quiz today, but I've got um, I've got a uh, it's a little it's a little article written by uh, Scott Hansen. You know Hansen McLean. Oh, I love Scott Hansen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, actually, they're doing a radio show here in town now. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. And um, Coco. Because okay. they're up in Sacramento, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, he's got it's. Here's the headline. Your financial advisor is overlooking a key part of retirement planning. What do you think that would be? Your, well, so this is my quiz. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Scott Hansen saying what now? Your financial advisor is overlooking a key part of retirement. Uh, what you're going to do in retirement. Hmm, that you're correct. Right? <laughs> you're right. Here's what he says. Financial advisors are too focused on The dollars on and cents money. versus what the heck they're doing. Yeah, on money when it comes to retirement planning. Uh, it's it's all about what the goal line or what number you got to reach, right? Typical person. They don't want to retire like their parents, and they want to they want to grow and flourish in retirement instead of like downsizing. They want to they want to keep living, right? So it's all about what are you going to do when you quit working? Huh? Look at that, smart minds. You Think got it. I, okay. You know what? I met with um, um, some clients or prospective clients this week, and they're retiring. She's retiring, I believe, in June, and he just retired a month ago. And they're both sixty six. Let's say I forget their age, but it's close to that, right? Yeah. 
and they look young and they're vibrant and they want to travel and they want to do all sorts of different things. And she's like, Joe, this whole retirement thing sucks. <laughs> it's it's a life changer. I it mean, is, it, I mean, yeah. it's like it, it's exciting in a sense where, you know, you're you, you have this new chapter of life, but then all of a sudden, like mortality really starts coming into play here. Sure, you know, sure. you start thinking of yeah. like, oh. man, I only got. 20 years left. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think about that every day. <laughs> well, I know you do. <laughs> so here's what here's what Scott says. He's, he's, he talks to executives who say they wish they shouldn't uh, have retired as soon as they did, stressing the importance about thinking about other factors beyond financial ones when it comes to planning for retirement. I guess I agree with Scott. I think, I think our industry tends to focus mainly and almost exclusively just on finances. And probably the truth is what you're going to do to fill your time and your passion is equally as important, wouldn't you say? I would say yes, or maybe even more important. Maybe more, yeah. So why are you listening to the show today? Because <laughs> there's obvious there's, a reason. There's nothing else on. <laughs> Yeah, right. right. Anson McLean show doesn't come on till tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm stuck listening to this crap. I got this radio station that won't let me chase the station. The button fell off. It fell off. I'm stuck. Oh boy. So that's why they're listening to. Oh boy. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth, and we'll wrap this show up. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Show called Your Money or Wealth. My name's Joey Anderson, certified financial planner. Big Al Clopine, right next to me. He's a CPA. Hey, uh, tomorrow morning, uh, remember to check out Your Money or Wealth on CBS starting at 6.30 a.m. If you haven't seen the television show, um, we're getting pretty good reviews, actually. We are getting good reviews. Yeah, third season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check it out. You know, Al and I have a lot of fun with it. Um, so we're on CBS coming up tomorrow morning, um, every Sunday morning at 6.30 a.m., right before the news. Yeah, and you can also DVR our show. You don't yeah. have to get up at 6.30. Set the DVR. And then you can watch five minutes of it and then cancel. <laughs> yeah, cancel it. Delete it. <laughs> yep, go back to CSI, Netflix. Right. Whatever. Um, what, you got something well, here it's about a, your it's, brain? It's a continuation of our theme, uh, uh, last segment, about retirement planning is not just about money, dollars and cents. And, uh, Joe, this is actually kind of serious. I mean, um, the uh, a lot of us, as we get older, we get uh, we get dementia and oh, sometimes Alzheimer's. <laughs> Let's speed serious. this up. Speed it up. So I got the Saturday. I, I got the Mind Diet, which uh, it improves your your chances, uh, uh, reduces your chances of developing Alzheimer's by as much as fifty three percent. Okay. The Mind Diet, Mediterranean Dash intervention for neurodegenerative delay. Okay. So what do I got to eat? Let's just rapid fire this thing out. Okay. All right. Broccoli. Yeah, that is greens. Let's let's start with it. Yeah, olive oil, green leaf, or green green tea, and leafy greens such as broccoli, spinach. Kale, okay? Yep. You, you eat those, right? Yep, I do. Okay. Then we got, uh, here's the next category, beets, tomatoes, and avocados. Ooh, I don't like any of those. <laughs> I'm going down. <laughs> You're going down. <laughs> yeah, if you don't eat beets, tomatoes, and it says right here, 46 is about all you get. No. <laughs> oh. It does not. Anyway. Four years. All right. Here's another category, nuts, especially walnuts and pomegranates. Have you ever had a pomegranate? 
I think in a drink. <laughs> when <laughs> like there's in a martini. alcohol in it, yeah, it cancels right. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, avocado beets and tomatoes if you can put some alcohol with it. <laughs> You'd be fine. It's like, I think that's a Bloody Mary, isn't it? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have a beet Mary. And that's how you get it. All right. <sighs> and here's the fourth category. These are broad categories. Fish, blueberries, grapes, coffee. Really? Dark chocolate. Yeah. Huh. I actually have seen some recent studies on coffee that it can help your health. But anyway, so according to this, the MIND diet, um, just recap, olive oil, green tea, leafy grains like broccoli, kale, beets, tomatoes, avocados, nuts, especially walnuts, pomegranates, fish, blueberries, grapes, coffee, and dark chocolate. So can you do that? I can. I'll try. <laughs> I will definitely try. I will definitely try. <laughs> All right, you have something more. Um, I do news uh, we can use. Yes, we got a couple of minutes. I want to go through this um, case study here real quick. Okay, is that um, as a result? This is oh man, I know, I can't read her last name. Leanne, <laughs> you're going into a snare trap. Oh God, R I Z K A H A A H. I don't blame you. That's a hard one. Okay. Anyway, I spelled it. Okay. Um, This is out of uh, Financial Planning Magazine. And so she was talking about, you know, with recent changes in legislations, clients have faced um, individual income tax rates increase and may also be subject to the Medicare surtax and investment income, phase outs, uncertain deductions, exemptions, and increased Medicare premiums. Roth conversions offer a possible solution to help clients manage taxes in retirement. Oh, there you go. And there we go. Um, in considering whether a Roth conversion strategy is right uh, for certain clients, advisors uh, should first consider these building blocks. Uh, take a look at top marginal tax brackets in early retirement years, time before RMDs begin, and mix of account types. Longevity, portfolio return, and legacy transfer risk. So a couple of different things to consider. And, of course, we talk about all of that all the time on the show. But they, she goes on to say, all right, there's couple A. Um, couple A retires at age 60. Taps, taxable assets for income needs. Claim Social Security benefits at age 66. And waits until 70 and a half to tap their tax-deferred retirement accounts. What are the tax consequences? Even though their spending need was $240,000 because they were withdrawing from taxable accounts at first and then from Social Security, they were able to stay below the 15% tax bracket until age 70. But at age 70 and a half, when they start their RMDs, their top rate was bumped up not only one bracket, but two brackets to the 28% and stayed very close to the top of the 28% tax bracket throughout retirement. Well, if this person lived in California, if they were at the top of the 28% tax bracket, they would fall into alternative minimum tax. They would actually be in a 35% effective rate plus 10. So you're looking at a 45% combined rate there. Right. So we would, I like the thinking, but I would say in California, you go to the, what we call the AMT, alternative minimum tax crossover. As soon as you get there, stop on your Roth conversions. So then they said, well, what happens if a couple A uses a Roth conversion strategy instead of waiting for the RMDs? Early in retirement, they tap their taxable accounts and at the same time take advantage of the unused space before uh, they get to the peak of the top marginal bracket by proactively taking unused space amount in their tax deferral accounts and converting that amount each year to a Roth by age 70 when they must begin the required minimum distributions. They have managed to reduce their tax deferred accounts and reduce RMDs as well as accumulate wealth in their Roth accounts. 
What are the overall results of these approaches? Well, using the Roth strategy, they paid, let's see, almost a million dollars less in tax over their lifetime. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's and we've seen results like that too in the millions of dollars. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So I mean, there's all sorts of different assumptions in this of how much money that they had. I think they had you know three four million bucks. They're spending two hundred forty thousand sure. dollars and so on and so forth. But you get the point. Is that it, I don't care if you're spending two hundred forty thousand or you're twenty four thousand dollars. You just take a look at what your tax bracket is now, what it's going to be in the future, how much money that you have, what's your required distribution going to be, how's that going to affect the taxation of Social Security and everything else, and then come up with a solid game plan to make sure that you under understand everything to do the right thing because when you need the money the most is when you're in retirement that's when you need the money the most and if you can draw from areas tax effectively you're going to be very happy that you've done the planning and joe i think most people that listen to our show they, they want to learn how to pay less taxes they want to learn how to do that legally and i can tell you one thing it's not by simply filling out your taxes with your cpa it's by having a forward-looking tax strategy, and it could save you tens of thousands of dollars. And in your example here, it was, in the, it was over a million dollars. All right. Hey, have a wonderful weekend. Big Al, we'll miss you for the next couple of weeks. Have fun in Africa. Will um, For Big Al Clopine, I'm Joe Anderson. You just listen to Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll see you next week.